All right. Welcome back, horse girls and guys. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome back to my bedroom. For those of you listening, I generally film these episodes from my bed because why would I do it anywhere else? But uh, welcome back. I haven't been here since last week, obviously. So I just got finished right before filming this. Filling out my 2023 weekends in my planner. Um, I don't know. Do you guys use a planner? I I think I get one about every year. And I use it religiously for like half of the year. And then the latter half, I just like forget about it and forget to write in it and forget to look at it. Even though I put it on my dresser so that it's in like plain sight every day. And yeah, I don't know. But I give it a good solid, you know, few months, four or five months of use. But anyway, my mom bought me this planner a few weeks ago. And so I just finished filling out the weekends that I have stuff going on. I've got endurance rides. We've got shows. We've got trail rides, um, horse fairs. I am so excited for the Midwest Horse Fair this year, Um, just because it's the Midwest Horse Fair, and why wouldn't you be excited about it? My boyfriend invited his best friend, who is not a horse guy. Neither one of them are horse guys, but obviously I'm a horse gal, and his girlfriend slash long-term, you know, wife, basically, um... I think had horses when she was younger, and so she still really likes horses. They don't own horses, but they're going to come. And so, you know, I don't know. We'll just see what the weekend entails. But we'll be at the the Midwest Horse Fair, I believe, all three days, if not Saturday and a little bit of Sunday. But I'm not sure if they're planning on going on Friday or not. Um, So we're going to be doing that. And then I think my boyfriend wants to play mini golf because last year when we went to Madison, there was this mini golf place and my boyfriend loved it. So he wants to go back there again. And if the weather is nice, we'll play all of the outdoor holes as well. Oh, so anyway, the Iowa Horse Fair, however, is in March. And I'm not totally sure if I'm going to be going to that one yet. I don't know if my boyfriend would want to go to both. He went to both with me last year. And I think he he didn't mind it, I don't think. But I don't know if he'd want to go to both again this year. So I'm thinking about asking my best friend, Melanie, if she wants to go and have like a girls weekend or something. But we'll see. Everything costs money these days and the, we don't have a lot of it. So I'm also trying to schedule a vet appointment for this coming few weeks because I need to get BB's Coggins done for endurance season. I really want to get sugar an adjustment because I don't know. She's been doing this weird thing the last like six months and now she's had all winter off pretty much. I mean, she does the occasional lesson here and there, but I took her to a county fair and we helped do parking patrol and so there was some people on horseback that needed volunteers so me and sugar volunteered to do parking patrol which was 
interesting. Oh my goodness. Sorry, the yawns are back. Um, but anyways, I remember that day riding her around the fair and like we pretty much stayed in the same spot and we directed traffic like to the intersection whatever and she just kept like stretching out like she wanted to pee you know like stretching her back legs out but then she would just stand there nothing would happen she'd just stand that way for a while and then eventually she'd fix herself but she kept doing it she did it like multiple times that day she like she was trying to stretch she actually did it with Melanie too. Um, in October, we did a local parade to like hand out my business cards and stuff. And Melanie wrote her, and she did the same thing. She kept like stretching out, and she's done it a couple times with the lesson kids. And so I don't really know what it's about, but she's gotten a little bit cinchy again um, lately, and I don't know if that's just because you know, she knows that the lesson kids aren't going to do anything or what. So I kind of want to get her adjusted soon. Um, I have a chiropractor that's also a vet. So I'm trying to just schedule it so we can get it all done in one day, you know. And then at some point later, I'd like for her to get a massage as well, just because she does carry lesson kids around a lot that don't have any balance and they're up there bouncing around and whatever. So a, a massage would probably benefit her as well. So yeah, that'll take out most of my bank account. But I wanted to read a Facebook post to start out um, that I saw this morning. So I came across this just because one of my Facebook friends shared it. And I'm going to go ahead and read it. I don't know who needs to hear this, but you are doing just fine. Stop beating yourself up for not riding when it's freezing cold, pitch black, and raining. It's okay and normal to have no motivation at this time of year. It doesn't make you a bad rider or a bad owner. Stop feeling guilty that your horse isn't nearly competition fit yet. Take your time and make your plan. Who cares if you're not ready for the first event? There's a whole calendar year to choose from. Stop agonizing over the fact you haven't spent the whole winter training. Riders need a break and horses do too. You'll probably find that your horse comes back better than if they just spent the whole winter being hammered into clinics and lessons anyway. Stop comparing yourself to riders who have more facilities, more time, and a totally different set of circumstances to you. Everyone is on their own track and has their own goals, so eyes ahead and focus on yours. Stop telling yourself that your horse deserves better or is wasted with you. As long as your horse is fed and warm and are quite happy, riding does not complete their life. Winter is hard. It's cold, it's wet, it's dark, and it feels never-ending and berating yourself for everything you aren't doing or feel you should be doing won't make it any easier. So cut yourself some slack and just take a deep breath. You're doing just fine. Author unknown. So I wanted to read that um, because I saw that this morning and I needed to see that post personally. I feel like I get kind of in my own head sometimes, and I don't know if any of you guys listening can relate to this, but I truthfully just have no desire to do anything horse-related in the wintertime, and sometimes I don't know how to feel about that. Like, I don't know if I should be feeling bad or if I should be making more effort or if I am just being lazy because I, I don't like being lazy. Um even though I am sometimes, 
So I saw that and I was like, you know, I need I needed to see that post because there are I mean, I have a lot of Facebook pr- friends that have been writing all winter. I mean, I get jealous when Melanie sends me a Snapchat of her writing, but Melanie boards at a barn with an indoor arena. So sometimes I think I just kind of get in my own head about it and I start feeling guilty or I start feeling like, you know, everyone's doing a better job than me. Everyone's more successful than me and et cetera, because, you know, they're out there doing the work. And it's not that I'm not out there doing the work, but in the wintertime, when you have your horses at home, you don't even have a barn, let alone an arena or, you know, anything. Um, It's tough. It's really tough to stay motivated. There is definitely some seasonal depression, I think. Um, And I, I don't think I've ever struggled a lot with it, but there's definitely certain times of the year because, you know, riding horses and being with my horses is kind of my therapy and it makes me feel accomplished at the end of the day that those seasons of the year that I don't get to do that very often like they just kind of are depressing and I try to I try to appreciate winter for being my off season and for being my horse's off season I know they enjoy it but I try to like I'm trying to remind myself that like I need I need an off season. You know, I'm going to be running around all summer, every weekend probably going somewhere on top of working all week. If I have any client horses, that's on top of my work. Um I'm going to be repairing fence and cleaning up outside the woods, trying to make my trail again. And I'm going to have all this stuff to do in the summer when it gets warm out and I'm going to be slammed. And I should just utilize this time in the winter to just slow down and not care so much. Like, just take it easy. Winter is winter. The horses need their break. I'm using this time for my break. And that's okay. Like, I I need to just learn to accept that and that my horses are going to pick up where we left off in the fall. I mean, except for Hazel, probably. But they're going to be fine. We have time. And it just, it is what it is. So just in case anybody else was struggling with the same thing lately, that's the post I saw and I appreciated it. So maybe some of you guys will appreciate it. I don't know who wrote it. Um, The original poster was not the original author. It said author unknown. So not sure who wrote it, but anywho... I have some more stories to read today, Um, and I'm not going to lie, Reddit was, like, pretty bland this week. Um, I saved most of these last night, and they were just, like, kind of bland, and, or not the post, but Reddit in general was just kind of like, geez, like, I need something, and nobody was giving me anything. So, let's go ahead and get into the first story. Okay. So, well, this isn't a story. This is actually just a Reddit post that somebody posted, and I wanted to read it and read the comments. So somebody posted in our equestrian, what's the weirdest way you've injured yourself at the barn? I'll go first. In my attempt to get off slowly last week to not land hard on the frozen ground, I managed to hit my stomach on the stirrup, and now I have a bruise from the foot pad. Some of the comments, lunging 
an out-of-work fjord pony that the owner wildly oversold as being sane and just needing a tune-up. Couple calm trot steps in and the fucker ducked into a circle, swung his hind, buck slash kicked and clocked me right in the chin. Felt like a reenactment of a cartoon where the uppercut sends a character flying. After some brief hysteria, I was there alone. I collected the potato-shaped Tasmanian devil and was now ripping around the arena with the line still attached. After he unsuccessfully attempted to pull away, he feigned innocence, then attempted to do the same thing. Being savvy to his antics, I promptly caught a belt to the arse with my lunge whip. When he started acting like a normal citizen of society, he got put in a stall. I sobbed the entire drive home. Fucker fractured my jaw. (laughs) That sounds like a rough day. Like a really rough day. But I've been there. Attaching the girth to the billets. Pulled the billet and up through the girth buckle. Lost my grip and punched myself in the chin. JFC. This is so timely. Today I went to the barn for a lesson, was rushing to get my saddle, and banged my knee into a dirt bike. It hurt so bad I started crying. I couldn't ride, so after icing it, I came home vowing to try again tomorrow. I have a nasty bruise and some gashes on it. More embarrassed about the tears than anything. I'm in my 30s. (laughs) That is kind of funny. Um... I had just gotten to work and there was a loose horse. I jogged over to catch it, stepped in a gopher hole, fell and broke my arm. <laughs> Jesus. Also lunging my stallion with my spurs on, stepped sideways, my spurs locked together. I go down, break my arm. Same arm. Years later, feeding horses, slip in some loose hay. It was wet underneath. Fall, shatter the same arm. Plates, screws, and surgery later. Waiting to break it again. <laughs> Oh my god, like you might need to bubble wrap that arm, ma'am. I was breezing my horse up a hill and accidentally flushed some birds out of the grass. A bird hit me in the face and I cut my forehead open. Oh my god, I so thought she was gonna say that like her horse spooked because like birds flying up, like it happens all the time. No, a bird hit her in the face. Like, what are the odds? Hmm. Let's see. Fell falling off the mounting block. <laughs> Sneezed and s- smacked my forehead on a harness rack. These are some good ones. Honestly, I cannot think of a scenario myself, like in particular, that I have gotten hurt. Like, I feel like this stuff happens to me all the time. The most recent thing, I think, was probably this summer. And I think I told you guys about this or I told the vlog about it when I dropped a telephone pole on my foot. But I don't feel like that was a random or weird way to get hurt. Like, that was just a normal-ass way to get hurt. Because I got these telephone poles to build the horse's lean-to. And I was trying to get them off my trailer. And so... I was like, my trailer has like the sides on it, right? So it's a flatbed trailer, but it's got like the side rails. So I was trying to lift one end up onto the side rail and then I could push it off while I was lifting it. And I was just having one of those days, right, where I could not do anything right. I felt so helpless. 
So I was trying to like manhandle this massive telephone pole to get it off my trailer and it slips and falls on my foot. I have never actually thought that I have broken my foot until then. Like I, I, I still don't know. I don't think I broke it. But oh my gosh, that was the most pain I've ever had like after the fact of an accident. Like I sat there for a little while because it really hurt, but I was able to continue on with my day. But that night, I I don't think I like actually slept all night. Like I just kind of lingered awake, but was like asleep, but I knew I was conscious. Because my foot hurt so bad, was just like throbbing in pain all night. And I definitely had a limp for a while. Um, but otherwise, I feel like I just randomly get hurt all the time. And it's not even that like I get seriously hurt, but I just like, I get cuts all the time and have no idea where they came from. And I think it's just from working on fence and working out in the woods and stuff. But I don't know how I don't feel them. I mean, sometimes I'll come inside and I'll have like a big cut like on my leg or on my arm. And I'm like, how did I not feel that? Had no idea where it came from. How did I not feel the giant cut on my arm? Like slice me right open. Um, yeah. I There was one instance. Of, mm, it was earlier this summer. And this isn't horse related. But I stubbed my toe on a cardboard box that was in my room. Because I just have. I had like a box of decor and stuff that I needed to take to storage. And it's been there for months, right? I'm walking by it. And one day I just stubbed my pinky toe on the box. Okay, yeah, it hurt. Um, said a few cuss words and moved on. I'm pretty sure my toe did break and I don't think it probably ever healed properly because it was purple and blue and hurt for weeks. I mean, like seriously, probably eight weeks, like my toe hurt so bad. I couldn't bend it. And I literally just stubbed it on a cardboard box and it didn't even hurt that bad. I've stubbed my toe on so many. I've been stepped on by the horses so many times and have never broken anything. But I'm pretty sure I broke my toe on a cardboard box. Okay. Anyways. That was not related to this topic anyways. The next one is called, My partner has said the most dangerous thing to me without realizing it. Oops. He said, I'll buy you a horse, but I like those. What are they called? The Dutch ones? Frisian? Yeah, I can buy you and I like those. Me. Um, do you know how much those cost? Him. No, but I don't care. It's a one-off cost. Me. Yeah, but the upkeep is X amount per month too. Him. That's fine. Me. I don't think you understand what you're getting yourself into here. Haha, <laughs> in all seriousness, I'm not ready for my own horse at all, but good to know. I also wouldn't let him buy me a horse when I can't afford the monthly expenses myself just in case. He doesn't know the time and energy that goes into them and all the other expenses I didn't already mention. As someone with a full-time job, I only half lease on the weekends and holidays. Also, I love Frisians a lot, but I'm not sure they'd be right for me. So the point I think of her post is like her husband or her boyfriend totally just is down for purchasing animals. Um, first comment, 
Where can I find myself a partner like that? You should ask him if he'd buy you a new car and then explain to him that those are basically that horses are basically a different model. He may regret those words one day. Supportive partners are the best. Mine has never learned to enjoy being with the horses on a regular basis, and I accept that he never will that he will never muck a stall or ride. But all the same, he owns a nice breeding stallion that I ride and care for. Owns a nice big stable. Guess why? And was up at midnight on New Year's with me, catching weanlings when a storm blew a fence down. Oh my gosh. So many replies. You need to tell me your secrets for partner training. Mine just cost me money. That's a good attitude. A bunch of posts on here complain about their partner not paying for their horse. Um, so I will say my boyfriend, it was my boyfriend's idea to bring my horses to his house. So we live on the property that's owned by his family and he lived here before I moved in, obviously. And he was all about me bringing the horses here. And for a while I was kind of hesitant. I was like, I don't know, like haven't been together that long. The horses can stay where they are, even though it's farther for me to drive. But he, you know, was all about it from the very beginning. So after a while, for one, I had to do a lot of cleanup here. But the horses live here now, basically, is what I'm saying. And it's kind of an issue that my boyfriend um, basically never tells me I shouldn't bring more. (laughs) Um, I have my seven and there's a few that are boarded here and so I think I could bring home like 12 more and I don't know if he'd say anything which can be a little gnarly um but happy for this girl like it is nice to have um partners that are interested in the in the horses like I think that most of us are in the same boat where our partners don't want to be out there with the horses, riding the horses, taking care of the horses, but they're still supportive or like at least take some sort of interest. Um, because I've been, I've been in a relationship before where my partner was not interested in the horses was for a little while when we started dating, but eventually like didn't have anything to do with them. Um, didn't ask me about them. Didn't care didn't involve himself with them and like I think it's a it's a healthy thing to be at terms with that like not forcing your partner to be into or to partake in the activities but I also think as the partner of a horse person you should make some sort of effort to just like I think this is the same with any relationship, like just making some sort of effort to take interest in the things that they like. And someone like me where horses are my entire life, they're not just, you know, I have a horse and I go visit it on the weekends or, you know, I take lessons once in a while. Horses are my like 24 seven, 365 days a year. They are my entire life. Everything I do pretty much has, has revolved around my horses. So with something like this, I always kind of felt like a little bit resentful that my partner was so uninterested in it. 
And I think that that's okay. I used to not really know if I should feel that way or not, but I think that is okay. And so I feel like if you are the partner of somebody that is very into horses, the least, you know, you can do is just go to the barn once in a while or ask about the horses when they get home or just, you know, go to their shows to support them. I don't think that any horse girls necessarily think that you should be all up and down about their horses, but like any relationship, you should take some sort of interest in it. Um, I'm very thankful that my boyfriend now, like, he does, like, ask questions. You know, he goes to the horse fair. I think if I did show a lot, he might come to some of those, but he doesn't have any interest in riding or, like, you know, having his own horse or anything. But, you know, he he makes a conscious effort to partake in it um, somewhat. So I think that's, I think that's important. It No matter what end of the relationship you're on, because um, it really sucks, like, you know. And horse girls, if you have a boyfriend that makes an effort to be into your horses, f- find something he's interested to, in to um, partake into. My boyfriend loves mini golf, like I said earlier, loves laser tag. I tried to do those things with him when the opportunity is available. Even though I don't always want to play mini golf or laser tag, I still like, you know, you just that's just how relationships work, right? Okay, let's move on to the next one. The next one is called, on a post about red flags, obviously horse girls came up. Why are people so weird? Okay, this is an actually a screenshot from another post. I'm guessing the post may have gotten taken down. But this screenshot says, hey horse girl. So I have dated two horse girls in the past and currently have a family member who is married to a horse girl. Let me run this by you and let me know if I'm wrong. I feel like the type of girls who get super duper into horses have a thing being have a thing being mentally and verbally okay let me restart I feel like the type of girls who get super duper into horses have a thing being able to mentally and verbally control something that is very powerful and big that they have no business being able to dominate but still somehow dominate it's still a dynamic thing Like, I'm just a dainty little lady, but something about me commands the entire existence of this huge and powerful thing, and that gets me off. And I think that's why guys have such bad experiences with horse girls outside of the monetary stuff. Well, this guy knows they cost money, obviously. That has a down vote. So, let's read some of the comments. Let's see... Men tend to view the world from their perspective, so yes, it's natural to project. And in fact, you'll find lots of male writers who do actually get a rush from working with a large animal that could crush them. Women tend to view the world from their perspective of cooperation and relationships, so this guy's wrong in this context. I can see that, honestly. Like, I feel like men definitely have more of a tendency to feel powerful or to feel some sort of like adrenaline power rush. You know what I mean? Like I don't 
I think that's way more of a man thing than a, than a girl thing. Not saying that some girls, you know, obviously there's girls that do that too, but um, I mean, on some level, he's not wrong. Bunch of girl bosses over here. He sees that as a red flag is the real red, fl- red flag. I agree fully with this. Of course, writing is in as much about controlling what actually is a massive beast of an animal, several times our own size. If it wasn't, attempting to ride would most would most probably lead to a quick and very painful death. With that in mind, though, a man who sees a woman as independent human who enjoys a hobby which includes being in control as a red flag is a problem. I think so as a man myself, maybe this guy likes sexually submissive women and doesn't realize just because a horse girl rides doesn't mean she can, can be so, I don't know sub in bed I don't know but yeah this guy is either super confused or a big red flag yeah especially quote that she has no business controlling uh excuse me but will you be the judge of what other people have business doing or not doing won't hear that said about a guy ever for sure hmm There's an element to that for anyone who rides a horse. It's hard to miss that symbolism. It's why there's endless statuary of kings and generals on horseback to project power. As a guy in a long-term relationship with a horse girl, there's still a lot of red flags, but I love her too much to break up with her over it. So I close my mouth and shovel shit. (laughs) Boyfriend of the year for that guy, honestly. Good for you, dude. You have it figured out. Close my mouth and shovel shit. As you should. I'm just kidding. Um, But no, I think I left a comment on this and I don't know what happened to it. But I did, I think, read or leave a comment on this. Basically just saying that um, I feel like horse girls a lot of times, honestly, the horse girls are usually the ones that are very humble. Um, Not trying to protect power. Or anything like that in my experience. Like I know all, all, a lot of girls like in my saddle club group type. They're very humble. Sit back. Relax. Um, speak when spoken to type of people. They're not loud. But a lot of them do have a strong presence. And they know when to use it. That was basically my comment was I think that horse girls um, have a strong presence. And they know when to utilize that and when not to. So, yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of girl bosses. I think that equestrians have a presence and we know when that needs to come out and when we can put it away. So, I don't know. I know a lot of, um, yeah, the monetary thing, like, that could be a bad experience, I guess. If you have a really, like, tight-ass boyfriend that is um, not good about spending money and like you're spending money on vet bills and feed and hoof trims and you know all the stuff I can see how that could add some tension but otherwise I I I get confused about how people have bad experiences dating horse girls because I've definitely met some crazy horse girls but the girls aren't crazy because they're into horses they're crazy just because they're crazy I mean if even if they didn't have horses 
you know, personality is a thing too. Horse girl doesn't necessarily mean it's your personality. For some of us, it is. For a lot of us, it isn't. But I, I don't know. I, I need more detail on what you mean by bad experiences. Okay. So this next story is called horse pronouns question mark. So I saved this one just because I thought it was really ridiculous. Okay, so I was commenting on this one girl who was a friend of a friend's post on Instagram. Just a picture of her and her horse. I commented, he's gorgeous. I'm a sucker for chestnuts. Obviously, she's at a different barn, never seen her horse. She only knows me from being a friend of a friend. She DM'd me a few minutes later and responded, how dare you? I've taken down your comment because you clearly can't even take the time to do your own research on my horse's gender and use the correct correct pronouns i'd be shocked if you actually used my pronouns correctly she goes by she slash her do you get offended if people misgender your horse i don't think this is normal um so this the op doesn't state if she has horses or not or if she is an equestrian herself but i feel as if it is common knowledge that most of us equestrians don't care if you misgender our horses um, but some of the comments, this is insane. She's taking it way too far. You're not in the wrong. She's just baiting for an argument. Some people are just like that. Miserable way to live. I'd respond, well, if you had included a pic of their junk too, we'd all be properly informed. <laughs> Please. I had a grayish gelding that someone at my bard would call him that old gray mare. He was four. Didn't care. What is wrong with the world? My Arab gelding is very pretty and has a super long mane, so people always think he's a girl. Who cares? Pretty sure he's not offended. Some people go through life with a victim complex looking for reasons to be offended. What a miserable way to live. Years ago, I had a very unattractive gray gelding. He rode like a Cadillac, so I rode him a lot. Old guy who used to ride the same trails as me would always start singing the old gray mare. When he saw us approaching. I didn't get pissed. I sung along with him. Yeah. So I definitely feel like in this day and age. Like people are looking for arguments like this. My mom. My own mom. This is what drives me nuts. About my mom and my grandma. So like I will have my one horse. Like Sugar. I've had her my entire life. Her entire life. I've had her for 16 years. Like I've had her so long. I'm only 20, I'm almost 23. So I've had her the majority of my life. My dog, I've had my dog for two or three years now. My mother will still call my dog a him. And I'm like, mom, you know my dog. You've met her on multiple occasions. I've had her for like three years now. Why do you still call her a him? Now, not that I'm, like, getting offended over it. It's just one of those things that's annoying. Like, it, you know my animal. Why are you still... Why do you still not know what to call it? Um, But I'm not, like, offended how, like, a how dare you and why haven't you done the research. It's not that big of a deal. My dog doesn't know what my mother's calling her and I don't think she cares. And she just wants a treat and wants to have her belly scratched, like. Your horse don't care. Your horse doesn't know. Um, and I feel like 
I feel like we don't need to project like our own society standards onto our animals because like I said, the animals don't care. They don't even know what gender is. So we don't need to bring like our own society pronoun problems and that type of thing onto our horses because it's completely irrelevant. So I think as well, this girl was probably just looking for an argument. She was probably just looking for a reason to be offended. Um, Maybe she has a grudge against this girl for some reason. But no, most people don't get mad if you misgender their horse. Um, Unless you're bending over looking in their crotch, you don't know. Especially not from a picture. So anyway, moving on to the next one. This one is called a bully gelding. So this one was interesting. Um... I have two geldings. One, my baby, is a nine-year-old Arab, and the other is a seven-year-old quarter horse. I've had the Arab since November 2020, and I just got the quarter horse last May. They get along fine until the past couple months. All of a sudden, my quarter horse started bullying my Arab. I feed them in separate areas of the field, and the quarter horse still rushes over and bites the Arab and pushes him away from his food. He will take a couple bites of the food and of the Arab's food and then go run back to his. Yesterday, the Arab went to walk past the quarter horse and he started donkey kicking and bucking at him. I don't know what started this behavior, but I'm not willing to tolerate it. How do I make him stop? I will rehome him if I can't change the behavior. Um, somebody suggested like separating them during feeding time. Um, someone suggested stalls. Or tie them and closely supervise until both are done. The OP says she doesn't have stalls. Somebody said to use like hot wire and make separate paddocks. Um, somebody commented, he probably learned one day that your Arab doesn't fight back and now he's made himself herd boss. Quarter horses are known to be determined when they want to be. Um, let's see. I'm going to read this next comment, which is a little bit longer. I have dealt with this quite a bit. My quarter horse mare is the dominant one in the herd, and she will go after everyone else's food if she feels like they've got something better. I don't have stalls either or just run-ins and a dry lot. What I did was stand there with my carrot stick and worked on her manners, made it apparent that she was supposed to stay at her bucket. First, I did this where all the buckets had the same food. That way she could see they were all the same. And I made sure she liked her food. If she didn't like it, there was likely and was more likely to leave it. I would give her her bucket first so she could start eating and get distracted. Finally, I put everyone pretty close together for eating. This might sound counterintuitive, but I wanted her to be next in the herd and not so far away that she needed to run at us. So basically, this person trained their horse to stay at their own bucket but this is a kind of a tricky situation for one i believe that horses in a herd or not should be fed multiple piles of food um i have had like farm sitters as well as boarders that just throw a massive pile of hay out in one pile and the horses either fight over it or they have to all try to um, rummage through it and eat as fast as they can. Oh my goodness. Sorry. 
my computer came unplugged. Um, and then they gorge themselves on it. But I I think that horses should have multiple piles of hay and feed. It's it's better for them. It encourages them to move around, to go to the different piles, to pick, and it oftentimes makes their food last longer. So she does, it sounds like she is feeding these two horses in two separate piles, but I would create more piles. I mean, make four or five piles if you just have two horses. So that way they can always rotate to another pile, make them really far apart. Obviously your gelding, it's very dominant. Um, and another thing, like, this is just something that I have noticed with horses, but I would get your Arab checked if there is anything wrong with him. Of course, like, you know your horse, you know if there's something wrong with him. Um, but a vet check might be okay to do, like, might just be a side thought. And it's not something that, like, you should probably do right away, but I have noticed with my horses BB, I don't know if you guys followed the vlogs all summer long, but BB really had some struggles with her weight. And BB, I've owned for seven years, I think. She was always middle of the herd, always. Um, her whole life has been middle of the herd. And ever since this spring, when she got sick, and I didn't even know that she was sick. But ever since she started to kind of drop weight and lose weight, she was down at the bottom of the herd. I didn't know why, um, but I knew she was having these weight issues, whatever. And then I started noticing that she would let any of the other horses beat her up. Um, not necessarily physically. Like, I mean, my horses don't really get that physical with each other, but they just would look at her wrong and she'd go running. And I don't know if that was something that had something to do with her being sick or if the other horses could sense that, that they could sense that something is wrong with her. And so she ultimately dropped down to the bottom of the herd, but that might be something to look into. I also have a friend that has um, some boarding at her house and she actually recently kicked out a boarder because their horse started targeting another horse. And we don't know why, it was almost as if he was acting like a Mustang and like trying to exile this horse out of the herd because he was old or there was something wrong with him. Even though there wasn't anything that we knowingly is wrong with this horse, the border's horse just would not quit. He would run him through fences. He would corner him in the barn. He injured him multiple times. He wouldn't let him in the shelter, etc. Um, And so sometimes you get horses like this and honestly it's usually geldings in my experience that you don't know why they're targeting another one so in this case scenario your gelding might be going through something I don't know the the younger one the dominant one but I would I would try to wait it out a little bit um she did say it's it's been the cat past couple of months that he's been doing this and I don't think you should have to separate them every time you're feeding them. I think that's a little ridiculous. Um, horses should be able to eat together. And if there's something like wrong with your seven-year-old that's being extremely dominant, if he's going through something, if he's not getting fed enough, um, that could be 
like heightening because it doesn't say she doesn't explain if he's always like this or if it's just overfeeding time but if it's just overfeeding time I would definitely suggest somehow changing your feed routine um whether that be feeding them more if your geldings aren't getting fed enough so he's being insanely protective over the food to make sure that he gets enough um or, yeah, no, making more piles, like I said. I don't know. But that's a tough one. Definitely infuriating. Um, yeah. Okay, this next story is called Help. Full is violent. Training question. Okay, guys, so this is the second barn I work at four days a week that has an eight-month-old foal. Now, the owners aren't super horsey people. That's why I work for them, to help them work with their rescues, who all have some issues. But this little filly has become violent, striking out with her front legs, full-on chasing us when we walk through the pasture, kicking out, kicking at our faces. I mean, I know it's not her being aggressive purposefully, but it's extremely dangerous and I don't know what to do. I've been trying to work with her, but I have very limited time. I have to clean up the poop in the pastures and stalls for six horses and do waters and work some of them all in one, sometimes two hours. So I rarely get to do more than one horse, sometimes none. I wish I had more time, but I don't. So lately, if she chases or is being like that, I put her halter on and walk her around and have started some R plus training with her. So just getting her to slow down her walk and not bite me or kick me. But the owner is not okay with negative reinforcement, which is fine. And I'm really huge on positive reinforcement. But what the fuck am I supposed to do when this biatch is chasing me? Also, while I hold my baby sometimes because she has to come with me some days. Sometimes I pretend I'm going to kick out like a horse would and sometimes that makes her walk away. I know that sounds stupid, but I can't smack her on the nose. Shooing her away makes her kick out my face. So I am lost, y'all. What do I do? This baby has gotten bad. She's not afraid of anything at all. So the red flag and whip don't bother her. She literally just stands and stares at me. So lunging her, at least teaching her to walk around me on the lunge line, has not been working working out. She's only done it two times now and just rears and kicks at me or stands there. She needs to go to a trainer who can work with that. I'm not a young horse trainer. I just work already broke horses. She is supposed to go to a trainer, but not for a long time. So I don't know what to do in the meantime. Okay. I feel like there's a lot to unpack with this one. So for one, I'm going to applaud this gal for stating the fact that she is not a horse trainer. She just works with broke horses. And I think that's a very good thing to recognize because not all horse people have the capability of doing that. But in the beginning of this, she says that the owners aren't super horsey people. And that's why I work for them to help work their rescues who all have some issues. I have a problem with this. (laughs) I have a problem with people that aren't really horse people having horses, let alone rescues. This just sounds like a situation, a classic situation of people that shouldn't own horses. 
And there are people out there that should not own horses. People that don't want to do the research, people that don't want to do the work and the training, people that that don't want to be hard-handed. Uh, and let alone having rescues, people that don't know what they don't know. So this sounds like a mess already. The part about them not being okay with negative reinforcement, this drives me nuts, no matter how experienced with horses you are. Because horses will negatively reinforce each other all the time. That's how horses communicate to each other. This baby, if she goes up to her mom and kicks out, guess what the mom's going to do? Probably kick her back, probably bite her, um, etc. If she goes up to another horse and does it, she's probably going to get bit. She's probably going to get kicked. And that's how horses tell each other, get out of my space. Don't come up here and try to kick me. I'm bigger than you. I'm the boss. You're the baby. Don't come up here and bite me, etc. Um, and so... Personally, I am absolutely okay with negative reinforcement, Um, especially at this age. This is the prime age where this foal is learning. She is taking all of this in and she is learning dangerous, bad habits right from the get-go. From the moment she stepped out of the womb, she learned that she can be dangerous like this around people, that she can kick, that she can strike, that she can chase people, etc., And I feel bad for this girl not being really allowed to do anything. But honestly, if I was in her situation, I would have to tell the owners, I'm not going out there unless you do something with that foal. I'm not going out there. I'm not going to be around that foal if I'm not allowed to um, handle it or to, how do I want to say this? Discipline it, I guess. Personally, in my real life, I am around enough horses. I have enough horses. I've worked around enough properties. I am not going to deal with dangerous horses. I'm just not going to do it. Unless I have the permission to discipline those horses, I ain't dealing with it. You want your horse to be a dangerous asshole, you deal with it because I'm not dealing with it. I'm not getting hurt just because you you decided your horse can just be a jerk because you don't want to hit it because you don't want to hit him. Even though he's 1,200 pounds and your little smack probably isn't going to do much but hurt his feelings, um, no. You can get kicked. You can get bit. You can deal with your own horse. I'm not dealing with it. So if I were her, that's probably what I would tell the owners. If you're not, if you're going to let the foal do this, potentially injure me or injure my child that I have to carry around, I'm not going to be around it. I'm not going to go out and work with the other horses that are out there unless I get to discipline that baby because it's not fair to this girl to just get hurt or take the risk of her or her child constantly getting hurt because these people don't want to take the initiative to teach the baby or to teach the foal. So that just drives me insane. Like this, this poor foal, like it's being set up to fail. And this is the age where, I mean, she's probably young enough. I mean, she said she's, what, eight months? She's not even a year old. She's young enough that it's not like you need to go out there guns blazing, ready to kick some ass. Probably taking a whip out there, and every time she chases her or kicks at her, swing that whip at her. If it pops her, it pops her. If it doesn't, it scared her at least. And she'll probably figure out to knock that crap off. Um... You know, and that might be all it takes. 
But just letting her get away with it like that is definitely going to teach some dangerous habits when she is a year old or a year and a half old and she's playful and she's sassy and snotty and she's going through those teenage years. But best of luck to this girl, hopefully. Actually, I want to read some of the comments. Um... She, the foal does sound like it's in a herd. You're going to have to set some boundaries with the horse and the owners. I'm not condoning beating this horse or anything crazy like that, but when a foal is getting feisty in a herd setting, they sometimes get put in their place. Of course, you are not a thousand pounds, not a thousand pound mama horse who can kick or shove some manners into this filly, so you need to carry a whip with you for a little bit and establish your personal space. Honestly, it shouldn't take many corrections. Foals are just like children. They don't know what is wrong until they are told, and she doesn't understand that you are a lot smaller and more fragile than she is. Now, all of that being said, on to the hard part, setting boundaries with the owners. You say they are against negative reinforcement and that they are not horsey people. It's okay to not want to use negative reinforcement if they are not a working alternative, if they have a working alternative, but it doesn't seem like they do. You need to put your foot down. The filly must have manners one way or another, and you shouldn't allow yourself to be put in that dangerous situation until a solution is found. If the owners don't think it's that bad, they can scoop their own poop and be the ones to take a kick. This, that is a great comment. That is literally exactly what I was trying to say just now. And she said it way better. So 100% agree. Do you mean you are holding an infant in the field with a loose and dangerous horses? Stop. Absolutely do not have a child around this foal. The owner should be addressing this. You are only there to do yard duties, not to train. The foal should be brought into a separate paddock or stable while you are working. But to be honest, you should be flat out telling them you won't continue until something is done about her behavior. Oh, let's see. Yeah, anyways, I completely agree with those. I would not be doing it either. Okay, 